Let us pray. Lord, we come to this time and we just thank you for the word that we have heard from the scripture. And so as we reflect upon that a little bit in our time and in our culture and in all that's going on, Lord, may you give us some understanding of how you are present and how you are working and how your word impacts our lives in this time. And so bless us as we think about Ephesians, the last part of chapter 4, Lord. Bless us in this time we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. There's a running joke going on in this time of COVID-19, and it's called COVID-20. And you ask, well, what is COVID-20? And the answer is COVID-20 is that 20 pounds you've put on during COVID-19. I mean, people have been staying home, they've gotten a little lazy, they've been eating a little bit more, they've been snacking a little bit more, maybe taking a few naps, and they put on this extra pounds. Well, you can't deal with COVID-19, well, I'm sorry, COVID-20 with a vaccine. You have to deal with it with determination and hard work and good eating habits and good exercise. And so to get to that place, we have to get back to that attitude of eating right and exercising and, and being healthy. I mean, that's even something we can do now, even while we're sequestered still. We can begin to have this new determination. Well, as we think this morning about our dealing with the coronavirus, our, our dealing with this pandemic, our, our dealing with the, the, the scare of, of people getting sick and possibly us getting sick, as we deal with the protests and the racial discrimination and, and the concern that we have in our society right now, as we're dealing with all of this, we think about the book of Ephesians and how the book of Ephesians has revealed to us about God's astounding and wonderful work in Jesus Christ, his gracious work. And as we come to the last part of Ephesians 4, verses 17 to 32, we, we see that this part of Ephesians invites us to a whole new way of thinking and living as Christians. Usually at the beginning of every year, people begin to think about their lives, they, they begin to set new goals, they begin to think about ways that they want to improve their life, and, and so they set these goals to, to make themselves become this better person. There's something about the beginning of a year that leads people to do this. Well, the wonderful thing about this part of Ephesians 4 is it challenges us to begin to think about our lives and to begin to think about the, the kind of person we need to be. In Christ. Now, it could be as you think about exercising and you want to be more healthy. It could be you want to read your Bible more and you want to get to deeper in your spiritual growth. It, it could be understanding that more stuff doesn't mean more happiness. And so we begin to think about these, these thoughts we have about life. And then we come to the scriptures and we think about what God would have for us. And so we come to Ephesians 4. Verses 17 to 19, where the Apostle Paul says, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of Agreed. Paul says you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Why? Because their thinking is futile. And so let's think about that 
a moment. How do the Gentiles live, and, and how is that futile thinking? Well, Paul actually gives a list of some of the things that he wants us to, to not do. He says this, he says, they give themselves over to sensuality. They practice impure living. They are prone to indulgent living, and they are full of greed. Paul's saying that the Gentiles are blind in their reasoning. This is because they are not filled with the Spirit of God. They are not filled with Christ and the wisdom of Christ. They are led to their sinfulness, which leads them to a darkened understanding about what is good and right. As long as they allow themselves to live according to their natural disposition that is separate from Christ, they can only wander and fall and stumble in their purposes and their actions. See, once we admit that our futile, that our thinking is futile, thinking that comes from our sinfulness and is not from God, then we put ourselves in a place when we are, where we are to put on something new. We are to open ourselves to understand that what it means to be a Christian is to live fully for God's glory. And so we put aside old, not good behaviors and we put on new ways that lead us to living like Christ. As today is Father's Day, it's important to note that we as fathers play an important role in the lives of our children. We set an important example for our children. And so as we as fathers live the Christian life, as we set a good Christian example, then it goes a long way to impacting our children in their own Christian faith, in the way they live their life. Well, Paul continues in verses 20 to 24. He says, That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard, regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its sinful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. See, as we put off our old self, that self that is inclined to sinful behavior, and we think that, and understand that self-indulgence is not good, we then can put on that new lifestyle, that living in righteousness and in holiness. This is because if our life does not differ from that of the unbeliever, then we have learned nothing from Christ, and we are not a Christ follower. To be a Christ follower means that we seek to separate ourselves from the ways of the world and live according to the teachings of Christ. We can do this because, as we talked about at the end of Ephesians chapter 3, we are filled and guided and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And Christ leads us to desire to live in this way. And we are rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. Being filled with the Holy Spirit leads us to this righteous and holy way of living and gives us the power to do it as well. So let's take our, our current situation in mind. To walk in the power of the Spirit means to find peace in the midst of the coronavirus, in the midst of the racial tension. We open our eyes to the God's presence and we seek to spread God's peace and love into our current environment. We trust that God is working in ways that we can't even know and can't even see, that God is active and working, 
that God is present in our life, that God is strengthening us, so that God will do great and wonderful things in and through our life. So that at the end of this time, whenever that is, God will have done great works, and we will be able to give God glory for it. But for this to happen, we can't just have superficial knowledge of the Bible. You can't apply what you don't know. If it's just in your mind and not in the depth of your being, then it's not going to impact your life. You can't change if it's just superficial. So we remember promises like Isaiah 43.2, which says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Or if we remember another promise from God in Psalm 121.7, where it says, The Lord will keep you from all harm. The Lord will watch over your life. This is why Paul says we have to be made new in the attitude of your minds. So as the Word of God gets deep into you, into you and you are renewed by the Spirit, you are renewed from within, and then it displays itself in your outward actions. This is what putting on the new self is about. And so our first point is to admit that without Christ, our thinking is futile. Our thinking in Christ is what we need to think the way Christ thinks, so that we will live the way Christ lives. This helps us to keep the right focus for life in the midst of the challenges that we are living in. Next, we need to be truthful about who we are, because so often we, we wear masks and don't admit our sinfulness. We don't admit our frustrations. We don't admit how we are struggling. And we don't share truthfully with one another. We don't open ourselves up to one another. We don't share how we are dealing with or struggling with the difficulties of our life right now. See, Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully. Beginning with verse 25, Ephesians continues the series of specific applications of the general taking off and putting on principle. Paul says that we are to put off falsehood. This continues with the idea of putting off the old self. One way to put off the old self is to put off falsehood. This idea of falsehood would not only include lying, but also deception and dishonest dealings. We come to this time and we think, who am I in Christ? And who am I in regards to the body of Christ? And how am I to honestly and truthfully relate? to others around me. Paul demands that in every kind of communication, it needs to be sincere, especially with those in the body of Christ. We cannot be seen as a true Christ follower. We cannot be seen as having putting on the new self if we are deceitful or not truthful with others. What kind of example would that set? One that would not draw people to Christ, but would push people away from Christ and would cause people to maybe even think that God is not real or that God is not present with his people right now. We must be honest about who we are. We are sinners in need of a Savior. We must be truthful about what we believe and how we will live in our current culture. Truthful conversation is so much needed in our time today. The reality is that we have to put off falsehood before we can put on truthfulness. 
Until we have the mindset that being false is not what Christ would have us to be, until that is firmly rooted in our mind and in our being, then we will not put on truthfulness. We have to understand that we are challenged with this whole concept of falsehood and truthfulness more than we might realize. So what are we to do? Are we to be truthful only some of the time? First, I would encourage you to think about putting this into practice today. Too often, our first response is to defend those times when we are not truthful, to make reasons why it's okay. This is because our thinking goes to justifying those times when we are not truthful. Then this becomes our default. As opposed to seeking to be truthful, and then at times, maybe you might have to hold back the truth some to save someone's feelings or, or keep from causing a conflict. Right now, in the current environment, there is not an atmosphere for truthful discussion. We need to get to that place where we can openly and honestly and truthfully discuss these important issues with one another. And it would take the humbleness of Christ to make that happen. Well, I know that there are some tricky problems associated with truth-telling in certain situations. I want to encourage us, I want to urge us to think about doing this in our lives and making this our default. Confronting what is real in our life. See, many people are more comfortable with falsehood and much less committed to truthfulness. Don't let extreme examples take you from look, taking a good hard look at your life so that by God's grace you might strip off this kind of thinking and put on this glorious garment of truth-telling. We should have this attitude which will lead us to putting on truthfulness. I am free to speak truth lovingly and receive truth with humility because I am secure in my identity in Christ through belief in his gospel. With the right heart motivation, speaking truth and receiving truth is actually loving. So, in this time, you need to be truthful with yourself. Where are you struggling? Are you truly seeking God or, or have you strayed some since you haven't been really around the body of Christ? Be truthful in your relationships and in love. Seek to have open and good conversations. The goal is for us to be unified in the body of Christ. So our second lesson today is about putting on truthfulness. With the right heart motivation, speaking truth and receiving truth is actually loving. Truthful conversation and sharing is what our ultimate goal should be and will lead us forward to fulfill God's purpose in this time and moving forward. You might be familiar with the old practice of a mother uh, washing her child's mouth out with soap because they, they spoke a bad word. This practice, they think, started about the late 19th century, and it was a means of punishment to try to get the child to understand that every time they thought about saying a bad word, they thought about that bad taste of soap in their mouth. It was meant to get the child to realize that words are important in the way we speak is important. We live in an age where swearing, tearing down others, and harsh comments are not as concerning to people as it once was. 
The Bible, though, leads us to think before we speak. We read these important words from Ephesians 4.29, Do not let any unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. See, this goes along with what we just talked about, about being truthful in love. Paul speaks to us about not using words that are unwholesome and unhelpful. This is because it does not edify God and it does not allow us to follow the command of Christ to love our neighbor as ourselves. It is one of the things that the Scripture tells us that grieves the Holy Spirit. Our words should bring help and comfort and advice and benefit to the listener. Unwholesome words serve no discernible purpose except to tear down and to harm. It goes against all that God would have us to do as Christ followers. All the more is that people need encouraging words very much in this time. People are, are frustrated and down enough as it is. We need to go an extra mile to speak these words of encouragement and uplifting. Words that remind people that God is with them, remind people that God loves them, remind people that God is working in their life, that God has not left them at all. I think that much of what is being said during these times of protest is really just tearing down others. I don't think it's really honoring to God. I don't think it's really good conversation to move forward. Right now we're in the tearing down period. I think we need to commit ourselves, starting today, to start to, to figure out how we can re-speak these messages in ways that are more encouraging and conversational and uplifting, and that actually can move us forward. But our speech isn't the only thing that grieves the Holy Spirit. There are other things that Paul lists. He says in verses 30 to 31, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Our bodies are said to be the temple of God. The Holy Spirit dwells in us, so therefore, to Him, every part of our soul and body needs to be committed and devoted. But if we give ourselves over to that which is impure, which Paul has outlined here in verses 30 and 31, then we are said to have grieved the Holy Spirit. If you have ever been around someone who has a problem with anger or bitterness or slander, you know that you don't want to remain in that environment for very long. So how much more true is that of the Holy Spirit? If we are that way, the Holy Spirit is not, want, not wanting to be with us in those times. The Holy Spirit very much wants us to put this off. We're to put off that which grieves the Spirit, so that we can put on love. In verse 32, we get a description of how we are to be towards one another. It says we are to love one another. But sometimes just saying love one another isn't enough of a description. What does it really mean to love one another? And here we have Paul giving us some extra definition of what that means. He says be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. You see, he gives us some specific instructions. He starts off by saying, be kind. 
Be kind to each other. We see Paul contrasting bitterness with kindness. Kindness in language, kindness in manners, kindness in behavior. We're living in a time where we're talking about racial inequality. Kindness oftentimes is not shown to others as it should. Let us be more mindful of being kind to all those that God brings into our lives. This behavior needs to be combined with what he says next, to be compassionate. He recommends us to be tender-hearted, to be led to sympathize with the stresses of others. The other side of this would be those who are iron-hearted and not sympathetic towards others, toward their struggles, towards their sufferings. Those who are not concerned with what others are encountering. encountering. As Paul has been talking about the church, the body of Christ, it is very important that we as a church seek to empathize with those who are going through great struggle in this time. Lastly, he says, be forgiving. But he doesn't just say, be forgiving. He says, forgive as God has forgiven you in Christ. That makes it so deep, so powerful. In those times when people are not kind or compassionate to us, when they don't speak in ways that are wholesome or helpful, when we are treated improperly, Paul reminds us we need to forgive. That's what it means to be loving. The ultimate example I'm always drawn to is Jesus Christ on the cross. I mean, first he was mocked and, and beaten, and then he was crucified on the cross, and he's hanging there, and that's not enough for them. They, they mock him even more. And what does Jesus say? How does Jesus respond? How does Jesus show us the kind of love we need to give to others? He says these words in Luke 23, 34. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Do you hear that intense forgiveness? We are called to forgive others as God has forgiven us in Christ. The better way to live is to put on love by being kind and compassionate and forgiving. This will be a profound example to others in this time. If we, as a Christ follower, if we as a church, as a body of Christ, can do this. This idea of putting off and putting on is very important. Because for so many Christians, they think that going to church, hearing a sermon, reading a Bible, maybe praying a little, is all they need to do, and then they're good, right? And it leaves them so short of what God has for us. See, there's not a connection there between knowledge and behavior. Today's lesson helps us to understand that it's not simply enough to identify these thoughts and feelings and behaviors that are not up to par, that don't lead us to live the way God calls us to live. That's not enough. We need to not only know what is right, but we need to put off that which is not right so that we can be open to putting on even more from Jesus that is right. We need to change our habits and our behaviors so that we can begin to live as a true Christ follower. We need to regularly assess what we need to put off so that we can put on what God has for us as his children. Jesus actually said for us to, to daily take up our cross. 
That is what putting off and putting on is all about. When we do this, we put ourselves in a place where God can transform us and God can use us in whatever circumstance, any situation that we find ourselves, that we put ourselves in a place where we trust God completely. We put ourselves in a place where we understand that God is with us and watching over us and God will get us through anything that we can face. Just a last reminder to the fathers that we, when we live in this way, set such a great example, not just for our own children, but for all the children of our church to see what it means to be a true Christ follower. Let us pray.